Hello. Hi, Roisin. Hi, Connor. <laughs> How's things? Here we are for our next episode. Our, our part two of our last episode, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So, how are you feeling so far? I'm good. I'm excited About to start this. Yeah, in really good form. So, I'm delighted to run our project. You were a little bit worried at the start. <laughs> <laughs> That is not like me, Connor. Uh, you Never were a bit worried. worried. What were you worried about? I was worried. It's the, I was worried that um, I wouldn't know what to... I guess it's the whole thing. You don't know what you're going to say on the podcast and you think, oh, God. Yeah. Even though, like, since we've been together, we're talking all about these kind of things. You still think, are you going to have a bit of stage fright when you actually go to record? Yeah, of course. And, and are you going to be able to think about all the things you've you've thought about so naturally? Because obviously, it's easy yeah. to discuss with you because you're my husband. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're. I'm quite relaxed with you most of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and it, I suppose it's easy at the moment. It's obviously easier because we're talking about a book you wrote. So I'm just yes. your discussion partner on that. So yes, but no, yes, I was apprehensive 100%. about. Oh, let me get my. I'm gonna get a journal there. Will I just write stuff down as they come up in case there's things we want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. I think for me, Roshin, I get worried too. Of course, really worried when I'm going into the unknown and certain things. But in regards to this, I think that I wasn't worried about this I just knew that we had to go ahead and do it so mm. I didn't really have any worries and I think when it comes to this isn't a business thing this is more of a community self-development thing but I've done so many I've stepped outside my comfort zone in terms of creating content so much that I don't get worried about creating content as much yeah no Connor you totally get the you've always got the <laughs> and we'll we'll talk about this in another podcast but you've always you know understood on a on a you've had experiential learning basically mm. that of um going out your comfort zone trying things and knowing that's all okay whereas yeah. where I met when I met you I feel like I was a little bunny rabbit that was like what do you mean we're go I'm, I'm going to step into something I've never done yes. before. And what do you mean I can do it if I'm yes. not, I don't have an exact degree, Connor, yeah. for five years? What do you mean, yes. Connor? So, so you, you like, uh, we, we, we're going to talk about those internal barriers, mm. but holy moly, I have a lot of invisible barriers in my mind about why you can't and can't, can and can't do or what you're, yeah. Like at the end of the day, there's free speech. You're allowed to say an opinion. You're allowed to present. You know, yes. you're allowed. You know, what can? What are you not allowed to do in theory? It's it's mad when you think about it. You know. Yeah. You know, we've a good few even everyday examples of um, like Connor was throwing even your household rubbish. Can I say that example? <laughs> What's the household rubbish? Do you remember? So the or do you remember when? You, um, we had a, a, a rotten piece of meat that we were in the fridge and we didn't want to throw it into our own domestic bin. So we were like, well, we throw it out in the bin at the petrol station. And I was like, oh, yeah. Connor, what yeah. if someone sees you? Don't do it. And he was like, you were like, what are they going to do? Arrest me. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. only then when you said that, I was like, oh my God, like what is going to happen? Nothing, yeah. nothing's going to happen. They're just arresting you for throwing rubbish in yeah. a bin. But yeah. the stuff you block yourself in your brain, like, you know, yeah. it's, I don't know. So that's just my everyday example I love talking to you about. Oh, no, yeah, of course. You 
I'm saying, okay, I know that's a simple example, but no more than me stepping into, you know, changing from speech and language um, to coaching at the time. And, but again, Connor, I feel I'm, I'm going on in a tangent because that's a podcast for another day. But the summary is doing anything that I'm not trained and don't have a, a degree and have normal traditional schooling in. I'm yeah. like, sure, I can't do that. But now yeah. I feel I can. Yeah. No, absolutely. And for myself, in regards specifically to this project, which is creating content and expressing opinions and ideas, I didn't have fear about this because I've had so many reps of understanding that when you start something, you're always rubbish. Yeah. Pretty much. You're always terrible. So there was no reason for me to be fearful or afraid. Because, as I said, I've had a lot of positive reps of starting something and being not very good at it. And then over time, you get better. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the whole process. So, And I think not just that as well, Connor. You get reps of, even if things go shit, um, you get reps that even the worst case scenario, things are still grand. So yeah. you get, it's, not, it's the reps of you get, oh things are shitty and they work out but you also get the reps of even if things are yeah. shitty it's fine you know yeah and again that comes down to experience it's, it's mm. impossible really to understand that theoretically you have to have life experience because Absolutely. you'll often read that in books i mean there's umpteen different books and self-help and so on sure, and so everyone's forth. saying oh you have to fail you fail yeah. a thousand times and you're like whatever <laughs> yeah no i know yeah I you're just... not gonna feel like i'm gonna fail you know yes. you really need the experience of failing and everything being okay and then not only that improving and then you yeah. want to embrace failure because you know that's the only way to success or progress or whatever you want to call it exactly and you want to try connor you're like yeah. let me try do my ready, let me fire, you know, yeah. your whole ready and fire. Like, let me ready and fire. Isn't it ready and fire? Am I wrong with that? Ready, fire, aim. Ready, fire, aim. So you're like, mm. let me ready, fire, aim. Let me do yeah. it again. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and I'm just a little bit further along that particular road than you are, but you. Oh, are you? Are uh, you? <laughs> <laughs> well, in regards to creating content, no, because that I hasn't been. You. I'm only joking. That, yeah, well, in terms of creating content, in terms of oh, things of like, in terms of things like social situations, you're a million miles because ahead of me. Because in mm. terms of social situations, I'm still terrified in a lot of different social situations, mm. whereas you're totally comfortable. So it just relates to different different experiential yes, things. Yes, exactly. yeah. But that's cool. That's something that we will get to in another podcast and then another cool thought that we had Roshi on our walk the other day mm. was we were thinking about projecting in the future 20 30 years and how we would be listening back to these and having a giggle but also thinking to ourselves oh, I wish I was back at that time and that we could be back at that time so to me that's a great awareness or gratefulness gratitude exercise yeah. that we can practice today at some times where we can imagine ourselves in 30 or 40 years and thinking what we would think then and then i think that'll put us in just a state of awareness for that period of time whether we're together 
for however just basically for that period of time we we will be able to be back at that time if you know what i mean um because we'll be thinking we'll be imagining ourselves 40 years from now listening to these podcasts and thinking 40 years from now i wish i was back at that time but we are at this time so we're at this time I know. now and i think things like that are very <laughs> i thought you were going to say whether we're together and i was <laughs> like excuse me and i don't know if you backtrack there no. <laughs> well we'll see we'll see what? We'll, see what <laughs> we'll talk about this after the podcast yeah <laughs> things like that are very good gratitude type exercises where it puts mm. us in a frame of mind where we can be so grateful that we are at this time today absolutely and this level of awareness yeah, this level these of are things that you have to check in youth. yourself <laughs> sorry this level of youth i was yes, saying exactly these are things that you have to check in with yourself mm. and i suppose the word we use is gratitude really yeah isn't it or awareness but anyway that was cool maybe we'll start to develop these type of structures and routines where we have these little exercises we, that we do periodically only periodically Roshi, just to check in with ourselves and things like yeah. that and just to make sure <clears throat> i don't know we stay present and you're yeah, always present. that's a great yeah one like and, and we all know like listen us saying about mindfulness is not everyone's talking about mindfulness of course but just I don't know yet. They always say, Connor, you have to do a, it's not just, you have to do a gratitude practice. It's mm. not like you have to wait, you have to actually practice it. So that means, as you said, mm. so that us doing that is a kind of a mindfulness gratitude practice to say, we're going to check in yeah. about where we're at a specific moment in time. And mm. as you said, we're capturing it now. Yeah. We're doing, you know, and that was the whole point. Even another thing of this, we want to start recording our conversations and start and yes the inception of the knowledge college and you know i'll incept you <laughs> <laughs> anyway we'll move on we'll move on to lazy man productivity so these are the productivity principles that we left on the last day roisin mm. we finished up with the first two sections which were all about efficiency which is figuring out what your big picture goal is, what the right thing you want to accomplish, things like that. And now we're kind of moving into more strategies, which are efficiencies and managing mm. your energy, which is section three, efficiency and manage your energy. And we have a quote here, Stephen Covey, the yes, habits of highly effective people yeah. guy. Time management is a misnomer. The challenge is to manage ourselves. Mm. and we start off here with moving on to efficiency we are now shifting our focus from doing the right thing to doing things right at the beginning of the book we discovered that efficiency is defined as accomplishment of or ability to accomplish a job with a mm. minimum expenditure of time and effort mm. and i have here david dunham whoever he is i can't recall likes to call this intelligent laziness that kind mm. of fits in with the book title. And let's move on then. That is the section. So let's move on to the productivity principles that relate to that. First things here, we have productivity principle number 11. Understand your daily rhythms. Yeah. And we reference Dan Sullivan here, the entrepreneurial coach. Basically, his audience is people who work for themselves. So they need to have a very strong... They are in charge of their own scheduling. I know. For the main part. And he set up this structure for people who have to 
self-discipline in terms of their schedule. He categorizes your days into three different areas. He says you should have free days for rest and rejuvenation. You should have focused days for getting results. And then you should have buffer days, which are in preparation for both. This fits in nicely with a principle we talked about before, which is, I think it was Jim Schwartz or Tony Lair, one of those, um, the book was Powerful Engagement, where you want to get yourself out of the gray zone as much as possible. If you're working, you want to set your environment up to work. If you're resting and relaxing, you want to set your environment up so you can rest or relax. You don't want really want your mind in both areas because then your efficiency diminishes. And in both. If, mm. Yeah, it's just a basic concept. And it's, diff- it's really <clears throat> difficult to do, to be honest, especially in the modern era where we have so many distractions and interruptions. But that's the mm. basic idea is to have free days, focus days, and mm. then you preparing for both with your buffer days. Yeah. No, it makes sense as well, though, even like when you think about the rest days, like if you you need to rest really well as well yeah, and that exactly. be a focused rest yeah because if you're only resting half assed or working half assed you know your everything goes down yeah exactly so it makes sense a, yeah that's a skill that obviously yeah you have to develop for your entire life to be able to do that mm. productivity principle number 12 utilize your productivity zones productivity mm. zones are a natural extension of the last principle when you understand your natural daily rhythms when you begin to experiment with your rhythms you will notice not only will you be more efficient at certain parts of the day but you will be more efficient at certain tasks of certain parts of the day and i go through a little example here i was doing while before writing this book i did a 100 article challenge on easy in articles where you had to just write an article every day and I figured out that the best time for me to do it was in the morning at around 7 a.m because it was my most creative time and it was Mm. very easy to write whereas if I had to do that especially in the middle of the day it was a huge struggle simply because that's how my for whatever reason energy Mm. systems work and particularly in relation to creativity Mm. and writing and that's just a simple example of how it relates to me. This is something that you kind of have to obviously figure out for yourself. We're all different. We all have these different rhythms. This, I think, as you and I talked about, was called your ultradian rhythms, where you have you go through arousal and drowsiness throughout the day. Mm. And I know, you know, for most people, they think, oh, no, it's a an after-dinner slump is what I have, or after-lunch slump. But the thing is, you don't know that even if you didn't have lunch like everyone just always has lunch but if you didn't have lunch maybe you'd also have the slump because yeah. it again it's in your old trading rhythm that's a downtime for you yes. like for example we know like clockwork one o'clock is around your yeah your dip time and three o'clock is more my dip time yeah. and it doesn't matter whether we've eaten or not eaten or anything it just yes. we dip and our cognitive yeah. skills are just dropped at that time absolutely yeah and, and there's no course, point talking to you then that time yeah unless no. i want to convince you to do something <sighs> that you might want to do and then you won't be concentrating yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no i don't do that i'm not sneaky i'm not sneaky i don't no, have those skills no, now of course in the, in most people's lives this is super useful information however it's not possible it's not possible yeah because you're mm-hmm. working nine to five and you have certain responsibilities yeah. so 
It's very Imagine difficult. Imagine saying to your boss, I, I'm joking. Oh. Imagine saying to your boss, you know, this is my downtime at three o'clock, yeah. so you're just not going to work. But Roisin, <laughs> I know, but unless you have a similar a job like you where you're in a service sector, a public service mm-hmm. sector, where you have to actually deal with people on a schedule, if you are not in that type of sector, if you're in a, if we move from a time time-based economy to a production-based economy and I think it was Dan Sullivan who actually brought this up as well then you should say that to your boss in the sense that yeah yeah, in the sense that if you have a certain amount of work that you have to get done in your 40-hour work week then it shouldn't matter when you get that work done as long as you get it done and I think Dan Sullivan brought up a point if you're ever going for a job interview that should be one of the things that you bring up i don't know how he actually frames how to bring it up but the idea is you should be able to bring up that you're able to get or is there an opportunity within this company that if i get a certain result that my schedule can be a bit more flexible now maybe when you're doing a job interview it's not the time i can't remember i just remember the way he framed it was really really good but Mm. the way we have to start to think about work is to move out of this I, I don't know whether it came from the... Again, it's the time thing, isn't yeah, it? As in the value of time the, versus productivity, how much you get done. Exactly. And I think maybe it came from the industrial era. I don't know mm. when the idea of very structured timelines came from. We'll probably do a bit of research and look into that. And it's probably related to lots of different things like the education system and lots of different things. But moving forward in the information era, in the era of internet communicate enhanced communications etc and so on we're moving into this product and what's the name again it's time versus product or producing i forget yeah. i forget the word that sure. i can you remember what i said what it is time-based economy to production based or results sorry results yeah results time-based based economy versus results-based economy if you can get the same or better results in 25 hours than you can in 40 hours a week then there should be no problems with that i agree and you know what connor no more than and as i said i know i mean i absolutely know that if your manager is anyway open at all and you're in a public system if you literally give or give the stats of i'm going to do for example a two-week trial of working within my most of it, you know, within my ultradian rhythms and trying to adapt yeah. within my current work for, and, and, and just do the stats on that. Yeah, I don't exactly. think any manager would turn away from results if you, yes. you know, show the results. So yes. well, one, thing, one yeah. way you could absolutely do it, Roisin, is mm. if you produced more than you than was allotted to you which may sound crazy how could you produce more how could you produce 50 hours of work in 30 hours but when you start to figure out your all of these productivity principles if for example you're uh, doing a 40-hour work week now but you Mm -hmm. actually incorporate some of these productivity principles in terms of efficiency you can you can actually increase your productive output with less hours exactly yeah and you could go to your superior and say look and they will notice the in- increase in your production at mm. work. You could say, look, I am obviously overperforming here, but the only way I can overperform is if I actually have four days a week in work rather than five. Mm. And it's very hard to argue mm. with that. And you can even explain to them, whatever your schedule is, I need to take Monday off or I need to take Friday off, or it could be this buffer day on a Wednesday where you explain, look, 
I need to take my Wednesdays completely off yes. because then mm. I can work really hard on Monday, Tuesday, knowing that I have my Wednesday off and I can then prepare, take my Wednesday to prepare all my meals, to do all of my basic maintenance so that my Thursday and Friday are extremely efficient. Absolutely. So there are ways around this. Now, to be fair, I've always worked for myself, so I haven't had to run into this myself. So I'm just mm-hmm. talking theoretically. But I just know, Roisin, if for all the employees that I have, if I had an employee who came to me and was able to do that, I would be totally on board. Absolutely. I don't think as the boss of any company, you wouldn't be on board. It is. I know when it's the more government public structures, it's more difficult to change things. But I still think on a, on a local level, if your manager is 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 a little more open-minded they are open-minded to different things now one of the areas where this i assume definitely Mm. works is in sales when you're working on commission oh yes yeah because in that state it is a complete results-based economy yeah it does not matter if you're working on commission it does not matter how many hours you're working because a large proportion or let's assume a large proportion of your wages are a trip or is contributed by how much sales you're making well if you are better at doing if you can put all of your sales into two or three days then you're going to get paid the same amount that a guy has all of his sales in four or five days if mm. you're working twice efficient so that's an area that it definitely does work anyway that's a lot talking on that so we'll move on productivity principle number 13 streamline your necessities and we had this little story that you liked about winnie the pooh <laughs> and it's Piglet says, when you wake up in the morning, Pooh, what's the first thing that you say to yourself? What's for breakfast, said Pooh. What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what's going to happen exciting today, said Piglet. Pooh nodded thoughtfully. (laughs) It's the same thing, he said. (laughs) It is the same thing. It's the same thing. (laughs) So, just like Winnie the Pooh needs to feed his tummy, we also have to feed our tummies every day. And that's just one of the things that we have to do. So in terms of streamlining your necessities, and I just have it outlined here, outside of the big picture, doing the right thing and doing things right, there are other things in your life that need to get done and need to be prioritized or else they are going to cause you big problems in the, in the long run. And these are just basic maintenance things that every human has to do. Obviously, food is a big one. Basic household maintenance basic grooming and basic body maintenance and lots of other things cleaning washing clothes and things like that these are things that we all have to do so whatever your things are that you have to do on a daily basis or weekly basis the more you can systemize systematize them the Mm. more time you free up for either your free days or your focus Mm. days and some people, yeah, they're the life, isn't that what people call life admin, we'll say? Life admin, that's the word. Yeah, perfect. That's exactly the word I was looking for. Okay, so that's fairly straightforward. Number 14, eliminate your energy zappers. Mm. And we have a quote here from Albert Hubbard, who is a writer. And I had to look this up when I looked at this because I thought it was L, I thought this might have been L. Ron Hubbard, who's the creator of Scientology. But mm, unfortunately, I was like... Surely wasn't that guy. Fortunately, it's not that guy. Although he was super smart. I mean, he created yeah, a whole... Yeah, yeah, re- no, I know, I know. He created a whole religion. <laughs> That's really smart. So he's a smart guy. Uh, in one, either a smart marketer or... Anyway, we'll see. Mm. 
That's a there's actually a great documentary on, on that that maybe we'll watch. It's kind of fun. It just It's good to study people who are able to, whether there's credence to what he's teaching or not, it's good to study how these propagandists or cult leaders are able to create these environments where they have so many followers. It's just exactly. a good social... Like, yeah, yeah, they're good. so interesting socially to look at that. Yeah, exactly. So the quote here, the sculpture produces the beautiful statue by chipping away such parts of the marble block as are not needed. It is a process of elimination. So as you know, Roisin, I'm all about the elimination and getting you rid are. of things. I'm and all about the clutter. No. <laughs> yes, get rid of the clutter. Oh, so here we yes. go. In life, there are things that give you energy and there are things that rob or zap your energy. Look at your life and ask, what are the things that zap my energy? It could be anything. People, activities, responsibilities, jobs, situations, or a combination of all of these. Then ask, which of these can I eliminate from my life? Mm. And then it just goes through some, as with every one of these productivity principles, some exercises, some big questions that you can ask yourself. And that is obviously very important. For me, as you know, a lot of my energy zappers are physical accumulations, even digital accumulations, information. I just need to make sure that all of those things are cleared away because my brain... Connor? They... Yes? I think we've had a... Hello? We had a last connection there for a minute. Ah, no problem. You said for me, I can't remember what your next thing, I think it was about your energy zappers. Yeah, as you know, for me, a lot of my energy zappers are to do with clutter physical clutter mm. mental clutter and either the organization or elimination of those is a big part of what i have to do because they seem to stick to my brain absolutely and i think <clears throat> for someone who didn't um you have to we have to learn that everybody is different and sometimes when you're only looking through your lens if you don't find something irritating you almost can't you don't have the theory of mind to know well, if I find this, if I, I don't find this irritating, then Connor shouldn't find it irritating. We have to learn that everyone's yeah. completely different. And yeah. like the, what you will be sucked from, what energies, what, what energy zappers you have might be the opposite of me, but that yeah. doesn't mean like they exist, you know? Yeah. So yeah, you learn, I learn over time, like what an environment looks like that's going to yeah. energy zap you, we'll say. Yeah. And that's also related to a big topic that you and I are going to talk a lot about, which is how to understand your partner, how to mm -hmm. be in a relationship with someone else who has different needs than you, which is basically every relationship. And that's a big thing. <laughs> every single thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a big know, thing. Um, Go ahead. Um, Alan de Botan, philosopher, uh, he's like, tell me, I can't, I hope if I butcher this quote mm. and Alan never listens to this. <laughs> I'm so sorry, That's Alan. Fine, okay. <laughs> but, you know, the way he goes, like, as opposed to us all pretending like they were all normal. It's like, you know, we should start off first dates and be like, tell me how you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it is good. It is perfect. No, tell, it could be tell me how you're insane, but it's the same yes. thing. <laughs> but that's brilliant. I There was this other thing that cropped up somewhere where, I don't know, it could have been just one of these magazine things, but basically... They created a 30, 30 questions mm. and I think the idea was can we create an environment where strangers will quote unquote fall in love and yeah. they created this 30 question process and I don't know the results of it, we'll have to look it up 
but it just gave people the tools to connect because it asked important questions. Now, probably didn't have a question like, tell me how crazy you are or what's crazy about you, but it could have because then the conversation starts to get intimate and real and significant. It's not just this conversation that's, what would you call it, Roisin? Well, surface level yeah, bullshit. Exactly, exactly, surface level. So, and we were fortunate yeah. that that's kind of how we started off is we just went real deep mm. into talking about real stuff rather than nonsense stuff yeah because yeah what what as you and as you said what is the what's the point what's the in point talking about nonsense stuff if you actually really do want to meet somebody you know you're it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it's like this connor Tell nobody's me. more concerned with efficiency than you are <laughs> <laughs> so you would have gone straight straight through the chat the and ch- got yeah. straight through what are your life? What is the meaning of your life? <laughs> <laughs> that was day one. Yeah, day one. <laughs> well, it worked also out, day worked one, out for us. I asked the question, are you self-actualized? Yeah, I didn't say that. This is how pompous I was in my mind. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, down. but you know the I'm way down. you're trying to figure out. No, no, no. <laughs> We're not, as you said, no one is more. I realise how much... Mm, ninnies we were at different points mm. but we're trying to we're trying to learn how we are yes 100%. as we said the more we as we all know the more you know the more we know the more we know we don't know yes and but the summary is yes we're trying to we're trying to get to the deeper questions with a person i suppose earlier so that you can see you know are you have you got the same core values or et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Anyway, that's another day. Yeah. No, that is a podcast that we'll do soon. We were chatting before that step one of, well, that could be step one, but a mm. part of that too is whether it's the love languages or the his needs, her needs, where yeah. understanding that your the person, your partner, your wife, your husband, whoever, is different than you and trying to figure out how they're different and it's just again bringing it back to Stephen Covey here one of his principles is seek first to understand then to be understood and we're always trying to get other people to understand us and from a selfish point of view want everyone to be attentive to us but if you can actually turn that around and really try and understand the person you're trying to be with exactly critical but um, yeah, we'll write that one like, down. That'll in be in a way, Connor. And yes, and the fact that we are like math- we're near, we are like mathematical equations, and that things do make sense in a person. And you seek to understand things add up, yeah. you know. And yeah, another day we'll write Absolutely. that. Absolutely, yeah, I've, I've written that down there. Productivity principle number fifteen: consciously renew your energy. And this feeds back to something you said about ten minutes ago, rather than which was related to. When you rest, you have to rest. And when, so what I have underlined here, energy is a lot like money. When you spend money that you don't have, you go into debt. Mm. Then, depending on your bank, there will only be a certain amount of debt that you can accumulate before your bank will take your account away. Mm. Fortunately, your body, just like your bank, will allow you to accumulate a certain amount of debt. In return, your body expects that you will pay off this debt in the not too distant future mm. a problem occurs when we fail to respect this give and take relationship yeah. we force ourselves into energy debt and then instead of paying some of the debt back we spend more by overspending past our limits we plummet ourselves further into the slumps of energy debt mm. there is only so much of this behavior that your body will allow 
before it crashes and takes away your entire energy reserve. What this leads to is chronic illness, chronic fatigue, chronic underperformance. If you want to avoid this ill fate that we all find ourselves drawn to at times, then you must plan to pay back some of that debt on a regular basis. Yeah. You must plan to consciously renew your energy. And this is something, Roshan, that you and I have fallen prey to yeah. definitely in recent times as well. And I, I think maybe it comes back to most things in life where you can read something and it makes sense, but you never really mm. understand something until you experience it yourself. Mm. And that is kind of constant across many different principles. And... Yeah, as I said, this is something that you and I have definitely fallen prey to, fallen into this trap, and maybe it's something we'll talk about in the future, but that's the basic principle anyway. Mm. Okay. All right, that was section three. Mm. Section four, efficiency and lazy man strategies. And we have here, lazy man strategies are little things that you can add to your arsenal to make you more efficient at what you're doing. Some of these strategies may have great value to you and some may not. And then we have the Bruce Lee famous quote, absorb what is useful, discard what is useless and add what is uniquely your own. And Love it. Yeah, and that's the idea with all information and that's something that I think we're trying to do here with the Knowledge College as well in terms of distilling information because most things, I was only talking to you yesterday a book that I'm reading and the entire book is about 260 odd pages and then at the end of it 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 summarizes the book in five pages and all of the crucial information is summarized in five pages and this is so constant across so many different mediums of information in that a lot of things are it comes back to the einstein quote whether he said or not what was it in terms of it was to do with complexity and simplicity is that something to the effect of if you really want to understand something or if you really do understand something you will make it as simple as possible and no simpler and what everyone else is trying to do is make things as complex as possible because it makes you sound smarter it makes you sound it makes others think like you have some type of secret or some type of special ability or some type of hidden information. Whereas yes. if people just had most things, Roshin, and complex, things are generally very, very simple and straightforward. And that too, as we said in our first podcast, is what we're trying to establish here is trying to shift and sort through all of this information so we get to the gold pieces and then Absolutely. you can then you can pick and choose from the gold pieces as i looked up the albert einstein but again you know there's different variations so it's probably it's hard to know which is the original quote but yeah. let's say one of them is genius is making complex ideas simple not making simple ideas complex yeah that's really that's basically the gist of it yeah but, but people are looking for the guru the magic pill and therefore you get more money if you make things complex in a way. I know. At least when it comes to information. And anyway, that's section four. So let's go into the productivity principles. Mm-hmm. Productivity principle number 16, Parkinson's law and deadlines. In psychology, there is the saying, mm-hmm. work expands to fill the time allotted. Basically, this means if you've got three days to pack your bag for a plane trip, 
then you spend those three days thinking, contemplating, and packing the bag. Mm. If you've got 30 minutes, then you'll spend 30 minutes doing it. The point being that at the end, the result will pretty much be the same, a packed yeah. bag. It's the deadline that provides the energy. It's the deadline that provides the motivation. It's the deadline that provides the drive. And it's the deadline that makes you efficient. Mm. Parkinson's law is powerful because it addresses the root problem directly. Many people start out with the idea, how do I get more motivated, get more energy, get more drive? That's not a bad question, but a much more powerful and applicable one is, how do I set up the situation where I have no choice but yeah. to be motivated, energy, and driven? This is where the big benefits lie, and this mm. is where Parkinson's law really mm. comes into play. And yes, that's quite common idea, Roshin. I would assume that most people understand that deadlines are very efficient or effective, whatever word you want to use, at getting things done. But most people fall into the trap, I would call it maybe, of only having deadlines that are imposed upon them. So they never take proactive action in terms of creating their own deadlines for certain things. Mm. And this is super powerful principle but you have to be very careful if you're an overachiever or someone who is uh, wanting to accomplish or achieve a lot because then you can fall into the trap that we talked about a few minutes ago. And just get burned out. We can get yeah. burned out, yeah. So you need to be <clears throat> smart in applying mm. these deadlines to your life. But certainly, and this falls into... And, know, and know your tendency. Know, yeah. know who you are. Know are you the overdoer. Exactly. And, you know, exactly. this is the thing. Or know are you the underdoer. Yeah, and mm. long story short, deadlines are super effective yeah. for getting things done. This idea, I think it was Tim Ferriss for our work week where I first heard this idea of Parkinson's law and that work expands to fill the time allotted. I mean, mm -hmm. that quote alone is a bit mind-blowing mm. in the sense that if you have 10 days to complete a project the work expands to fill that time. You will fill out that time, whether it may be in procrastination or it may simply be that you actually fill, you actually work all day towards a project, but because you have 10 days, you'll be less efficient in your thinking. You'll be less Absolutely. efficient. Absolutely, less laser focused. Yes, less laser yeah. focused, exactly. Whereas and when you have a deadline, it's the whole thing like, you know, you feel like, oh, I'm like, for example, if I was in an open plan office, I might, if I have like two days to do a project, I might get distracted by people. But if they say, if you said to me, Roisin, you have two hours to do this, to present, it doesn't matter what yes, a bomb goes off. Exactly. My whole concentration is insane. I hear nothing because I'm like, I have two hours. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. unreal what you can work through. Yeah. And, your mind is laser. Yeah. And as we said, you have to be careful because it does make you sometimes a bit frantic. Mm. But if you can manage it correctly, then it's a really powerful productivity principle. Okay, number 17 is batching. Each mm. week you probably perform, and this I think feeds back into streamlining your necessities. Yes, and as you said, yeah, streamlining your life admin 
Exactly. Life yeah. admin is the perfect word. Each week, you probably perform activities that are quite similar to one another or may even be the same activity but performed mm. at different times. Grouping these activities together into one action means that you can accomplish the same or better results in a much shorter time with a lot less energy. Mm. A simple example is shopping. If you know what you usually eat on a weekly basis, then you can take one trip to the supermarket a week as opposed to maybe three or four trips that you usually take. Not only is this a time saver, it's also an energy saver because you have to think about what to buy once a week. That's obviously a really common example I think most people understand, but you can apply that principle to lots of areas of your life that happen on a daily or weekly basis. Absolutely, yeah. Productivity principle number 18, the ultimate efficiency device. Mm. And this is still something, some of these, Roisin, as you know, I do do some of them i do periodically obviously my life like anywhere else is up and down we have stages of productivity stages of non-productivity but i'm always trying to work towards a lot of these and this but this particular one i do always i've done this since i learned it i think probably 10 11 years ago this i'm almost sure was from evan pagan and basically let's go into it when it comes to efficiency and getting things done then setting a deadline will probably be the best strategy you can use within the deadline however there is one single device that is better than almost anything at making sure you are efficient mm. probably you'll know when i say it but can you think i know what you're going to say <laughs> what do you know <laughs> oh no when i say that i know what you're going to say then i'm like then i always get it wrong no it's okay so accountability it, with other people um that's big. T- that's that's more. Yeah. Damn it! No. Happens. <laughs> that's Go more long term. That's more big picture goals. This is when basically the. Let's just see. Within the deadline, there's mm-hmm. one single device that is better. So let's say you have a long term goal of completing a project in ten days. Those are broken down into each individual day and each individual hour. Mm-hmm. So can you recall what I do? When I'm working, probably not. If when you're working let's too, say, what? let's say I'm working a block, an hour of a block. Yeah. Then you have your alarm. Yes, you exactly. Break. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, that. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the device that I'm talking about is a Pomodoro, isn't it? Simple stopwatch. Yeah. So this is something that I still do today. I mean, I even did it. I'm doing it this morning. Basically, when I'm working. And it relates simply to when I'm self-employed, which I have been for the longest time now. I block my work periods into a time frame of 50 minutes and 10 minutes each hour. And what I do is I obviously time those 50 minutes to ensure. And the idea here is when you put on your stopwatch for 50 minutes, it frees up your mind to be focused Mm -hmm for that 50 minutes because even if you get a distraction of oh let me check my email or oh i have this thing to do or that thing to do or this person to check or that thing to check if you know that when that alarm goes off you can get to that thing then it keeps you focused it blocks out the external world and you are then just focused on that one task within that 50 minute segment and i found it to be really helpful in that regard and as I said, it's something that I, it's still the strategy that I use today. Probably 
above all these productivity principles this is the one that i use the most and i do still use some of them but this is one that i have and that's isn't that am i wrong with saying that connor it's the pomodoro technique isn't it yeah Something i think that, that technique that is intervals. more yeah but i think that one is more of i can't remember what that is but i think that's like 30 minutes five minutes or 25 five. so it's probably a different uh, yeah time limits you're just yeah, yeah yeah i think they break it up into 25 five but the problem with that is and it even happens in the 50 10 is that when you're focused on yeah. and you're in flow sometimes it can be really bad to break you out of that flow mm. and there are times when i'm doing this 50 10 and i'm really focused and in flow and the alarm goes off at and I'm like, oh, crap, the alarm has gone off. And I don't want to stop. And it I breaks know. up the flow a little bit, which is a negative. But And that's why I don't go for the 25-5. That would be way that's too short. too short for you, yeah. Yeah, you're just getting into flow and then you have to stop. And also within those 10 minutes, Roshin, when I'm really on song and really on a productivity buzz and doing well, I'll spend those 10 minutes either disengaged or usually when I'm better doing some type of movement yeah of course and a lot of times i'll do my recovery movement which are things that i need to work on past injuries or high payoff activities that need a bit of maybe a bit of vision work a bit of balance just maintenance things but again that's only if i'm really in a good state of mind if i'm disorganizing all over the place i could do anything i could go on a youtube or anything which isn't a disaster but it's not really no, it's nourishing no, it's not nourishing your mind or your body, I guess. Exactly. Productivity principle number 19, breaking inertia. In mm. the study of procrastination, there's a technique called the five-minute takeoff. It is a technique so simple yet so powerful that utilizing it will increase your efficiency tremendously, making it much easier for you to get started and ultimately getting things done. The instructions of the five-minute takeoff are simply this. When you are facing a task that, excuse me, that you cannot get yourself to start, then make yourself the following promise. You will mm. do the task only for five minutes. If after those initial five minutes, you still do not want to do the task, then you have permission to stop and move on to something else. Mm. Again, I think this is something that people kind of know. It's just basically a brain trick. I have used it in the past. It does work at times. It really depends on your personality. Yeah. I think that what this opens your mind to is the principle of trying to figure out how to almost trick your brain in a way. It's all these psychological hacks, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and, no, yeah, because I'm just, when you're talking about these things, I'm reflecting on myself and the, you know, you're, that's really good. You know, when you, when you will have a procrastination period, it is, I, I agree, because if you do the start five minutes, then normally you get you build that momentum yeah. it, it's not a, it's it's a very limit low in low buy-in you think of what i can do for five minutes and then you build the momentum exactly and, you, and that brings to mind then that you know for me that's the whole i know maybe you'll end up talking about connor but the whole you know the concept of the, sm the snowball effect do your smallest task first and oh, that yeah. builds momentum and builds the snowball yeah but then equally other another mind hack then i end up doing uh, you've said it already brian tracy eating, eating the frog and yeah. doing the, the sickest task first so actually sometimes it, it depends on my bloody mood on a day yeah. which yeah. one i use but anyway yes but great technique yeah yeah absolutely productivity principle number 20 and this is also mm. another one that i still do today that's critical for me 
and the idea is you got to prepare your physical desk or workspace for efficiency when it comes to efficiency planning your environment is as important as anything else if you have certain hours when you're most productive then you should plan to have everything that you will need during this time and i think it was Dean Jackson who I think you, I'm not sure if you've studied in marketing, Roisin, it's the I Love Marketing guys. Yes, I know he's the I Love Marketing podcast, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think I first heard it from him. But it's basically, again, really common, really simple that people know about. He called it cleaning the grill and he just says, basically, the analogy or the example he gives is that if you're in a restaurant, then the last activity that the restaurant has to do is to clean the kitchen so it's prepared for the next day mm-hmm. and he just says clean the grill and for me this is so important i need a clear clean environment to get me in the right mindset otherwise if i come into if i go to bed and my work environment is cluttered for the next day i just never get a good start to the day and then if i don't get a good start to the day as you said snowball i'm super snowball man in terms mm. of my yeah. And I was talking about snowball in the positive sense, but you're talking about snowball in the other sense. Well, again, both, yeah, it can both work ways. both ways, yeah. basically. I'm such a momentum player. Yeah. In terms of inertia as well, I build up huge inertia or snowball in one direction or the other. Yeah. And therefore, the first 10 minutes, first hour of the day, is critical for me to sit up the rest of the day. But that really starts the night before. I know. In cleaning the grill, in setting up my environment. So and, that when and, I and just to explain what I mean when I say negative, like that means you might when you what's a negative looking for you? Negative is get up and go on YouTube or yeah. something, and then I become a complete slot monster for the rest <laughs> of the day, <laughs> where I no longer want to work. I, it's just it's some form of candy roaching, whether it's mental oh, candy, yeah. emotional candy, or food candy. Yeah, if I not get my, nourishing. Yeah, if I get my day Drug. off <laughs> to some type of yeah, not nourishing activity, then I'm snowballed in that direction. And yeah. that's something that I've struggled a lot with throughout my entire life because I am self-employed mm. and therefore I don't have outside accountability a lot of the times and therefore I need to really be structured and regimented or else I'm in big trouble. Yeah, I know. You don't have your boss saying, yeah. you need to see. Yeah, I know. Exactly, exactly. exactly. You are the boss. Exactly, which is great in one way, but it's terrible in another way. It's not terrible, but it's difficult in another way. Yeah, both have, as we know, both have challenges. To be self-employed, to have outside accountability from someone else that employs you, it's like there's, as we know, there's yeah. challenges either side. Exactly. Yeah. Number 21, efficient multitasking. And this is just basically schedule your multitasking. And I think there's lots of little uh, tricks and ideas in here. To Mm. me, this fits in now that I've talked about to the Dan Sullivan idea where you have focus days, free days and buffer days. And I think definitely multitasking is great on your, not great, but it's fine on your buffer days where you just have lots of little bits and pieces to do. Yeah. You just get them all done. But multitasking in general on your focus days is generally a bad idea because in general, when you're focused, you need to focus on or when you're trying to work and get something done, you want to be laser focused on that activity so that you can get it done. And that's just a general principle. 
Mm. And then on free days, it's up to you. Some people like multitasking, it's relaxing. So on free days, maybe you like to multitask. Now, I've fallen into the unfortunate situation in the last few years that I've become... I've trained myself to be a little bit scatterbrain, Google brain, unorganized brain, and now I'm multitasking all the time. So I'm having a little bit of trouble with my focus, but I know I can get that back just through training and repetition. Mm. And it's just such an important skill, Roisin, of just getting things done to be focused on one activity. I know. Because they say, I know, isn't that the whole thing? You have residue. If you, It's not about... It's not that you're multitasking, you're changing tasks really quickly, but you're losing efficiency because yeah. you have residue from the previous task for the for every task you start and the next task you do. So yes. it's like, it's, 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 re, it's, it's not the whole, the myth of multitasking, that's what they yeah. say. And you do have residue. Yeah, you're 100%. Trying to, yeah, so one, one, one focus on one thing, as yeah, you're so trying to say. Yeah, and as you said, Google. We're all Google brains now, yeah. so we, we are all like switching tasks, switching tabs, switching yeah. conversations. Anyway, yes, yeah. Exactly. And this probably is a little bit gender specific, which is not something that we want to talk about right now, but I, mm-hmm. I think that we've talked about before that men and women, of course, are different in many things, but I think in, certainly in regards to multitasking, women seem to be a lot more in tune with multitasking for whatever reason if we look Mm. at it from an evolutionary perspective we'll probably find out that you just have to look after a lot more things look after socializing the children making the food talking so on and so forth you women seem to do fine multitasking at least compared to men whereas Mm. men are a lot better at setting up to doing one thing and focusing on that thing that single thing and whether that be historically or in terms of um, anthropologically looking yes, at men. Yes, I think definitely. I don't, I don't know. Again, I feel like, but we'll try and source that in other days. I just, yeah, there's something to do with the women's, our brain connections as well, and yeah. just in general. So we're, that we're better at multitasking, etc. Yeah, so we'll look that up another day. Yeah, absolutely. Productivity principle number 22, two stop lists. Mm-hmm. The main barrier that many people face in life is not that they don't know what to do, it's that they have too many things to do. Distractions, oh. interruptions and choice will waste mm-hmm. your time and energy and will almost always guarantee that you never get done what it is that you want to do. Creating the to-stop list is what creates real freedom in your life. A life of too many things to do is a life of worry, overwhelm and dissatisfaction. Mm. Creating the to-stop list means that you remove all of the unimportant tasks that you don't need to worry or even think about. That's what really gives you the leverage to create what you want. And this again, when I'm on song and on doing well, this is something that I definitely have a few things that I can't do, a two-stop list. One that we just mentioned there is YouTube. I I stop watching Mm. YouTube, in particular in the morning. Because it just gets me into a completely snowball in the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah. Another to stop thing or to not to do would be eating carbs mainly in the morning. Depending mm. upon my training, obviously things have changed the last few years. But similarly with food, if I eat a particular type of food, carbohydrate, sugar in the morning, then I'm really in trouble for the rest of the day. Yeah. 
And there's probably a few really big things that people can stop that will be very positive in the opposite direction of getting things done. Absolutely. Productivity principle number 23, mm. environment of efficiency. This kind of talks a little bit about, I think, the whole vision board, dream board thing. Mm. Basically, what I have said here, you could place pictures and posters of things and people that motivate you. You could place your favorite quotes around your office for motivation. Yeah. You could play certain music in the background if that is something that energizes your spirit. Definitely this can help people. For me, it's more uh, reducing clutter and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and having the in clean environment, a clean work environment and having my food prepared and having my schedule in place. Those, if I have yeah. those things. But as then... a, I have to say, yeah, as, a, as, as, the, as, a, as your woman counterpart, I think I, I, I like having an inspirational quote. Now, everything for you, that would be more, that would be terrible for you. But No, that wouldn't be me, terrible for me. I think those are I know, too. but I, mean, I just mean though, Connor, you like clean spaces and you don't, and, yeah. and honestly, the less, less, not terrible, I shouldn't say that, that's not true because of course you have those quotes and they do inspire you in different ways, but it depends, like maybe on your, in your office, let's say if you have, on your exact desk, Connor, where you're working with your laptop, you don't really want a picture of an inspirational quote, we'll say. <laughs> in my opinion, what yeah. would I know? I'm only married to you. <laughs> Fair enough, Roshan. You know me better than I know myself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but exactly, but it's not that you wouldn't have them stored yeah, in, exactly. In, in a folder on your Mac. Exactly. I do have a load of this stuff on my in some folders and stuff like that. But, but you are right. In general, I prefer folder. less than more. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we couldn't. You couldn't inspire me with one of your quotes and stick it up on the wall. I inspire you just looking at me. Inspire yeah, you could stick up a picture of you. Quote. Picture exactly. of you would just be everything I need, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So right. So I don't know why we haven't thought of this already. I don't know. You oh just call me and I'm there and then That's you're why we're doing these pods so we can actually I'm your Pomodoro timer. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> you're the opposite. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm your focused rest. Yeah, yeah. So. You're my five minutes. Five minutes of freedom in between. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Keep going. Number 24, I have nothing underlined here, the efficiency trigger, and I've nothing underlined here. I think it just relates to trying to associate certain triggers with productivity. And that could, again, go back to the previous one, a certain song, certain music, certain photographs, certain food, certain whatever, a certain conversation with some, I don't know, just whatever. Just, I suppose, it comes back to a Pavlovian response, maybe yeah, where what you associate. Yeah, and anyone listening to this can read through mm. what's written there and the big questions and the exercises. Number twenty-five, action. Okay. And basically, we have here: action is learning. People look for solutions that to problems that they don't even have. When you take action, you know exactly what you need. When you think about what you may need, then your brain will conjure all types of false problems. Our brains are designed this way for safety. Taking action means not only do you learn, but you also learn what you need to progress. 
Mm. And uh, this obviously comes back to fire. Excuse ready, me. Aim. Fire, ready, fire, aim. aim. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably basically the same principle, but I'm sure that in each one of these there is a little bit of wisdom because, as I said, these are all thoughts from other people, and I would have chosen the ones that I thought that were best. So I'm sure mm. there's good value in this. And lazy man conclusion oh that's it Roisin there's nothing else well there's that... a lot there God knows <laughs> you unpacked a lot yeah that's it so it's 104 pages here but really it's mm. a tiny book in that it's broken up into all these sections and it would probably take an hour maybe two hours to go through everything so there is a lot of value there there is mm. A lot of good stuff there. There's stuff here that, as I said, I still use today. And I, yeah. have, I wrote this in 2010. This is around 2020. So 10 years later, mm. there's still things here that I utilize today. Absolutely. Because it doesn't, the way our brains work, it doesn't change that much. It's the same hacks. It's the same yeah. way you have to think about your brain. You know, yeah. it's um, figure out what you what helps you um, be on the right building, Connor? <laughs> be on the right building and walking up the ladder. Yeah. Climbing the ladder on the right building, Roisin. Exactly, there Connor. There you go. And I don't think as much else we have to go through. I think what I was saying there, it is nice, though, to know that something that you learned 10 years ago, you have incorporated into your life yeah and it's it a skill has, you don't lose yeah yeah there's a lot of value is the basic idea here and even though there may be only three or four things out of this that i'm doing constantly i'm weaving in and out of the other things absolutely it's basically maybe it comes back to the 20 idea roshin in that I know. What is this? Twenty-five principles. Let's say there's maybe five. Maybe there's probably only four. But let's just uh, let's just assume I'm doing five of these things. That's twenty percent out of twenty-five. Mm. And those twenty things probably gets do you get 80%. me. Probably yeah. gets me close to eighty percent of the results. Yeah. Because the just the the thing is, Roisin, like you can't be perfect. I can't do all of these twenty-five things. Mm. And although, having said that. When we when we look at the effectiveness section, mm. a lot of that is figuring out what you want to do in your life, and we mm. have done. You and I have done those so much, and a lot of that has led us to the projects that we're currently currently doing. This project, mm. the Knowledge College, our other project, the Healthy Coaches, and therefore probably we're doing more than twenty percent of mm. of what we have in here. But the idea is coming back to the bruce lee idea pick what's most useful discard yeah. the rest and, and as you keep always saying you have you've always said to me you have to pick your high payoffs what will get you the most pick results your high payoffs yeah because you can't mm. do anything mm. or sorry everything is what i meant mm. if you just even if people took one thing from this it would mm. add huge value yeah to their lives and, and 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 not be afraid to experiment. Um, exactly, yeah. And then you start to get to know yourself more. Like, I know the days that I need to eat the frog. I know the days I need to snowball. I know the days I need to do the five minutes. I know yeah. the days I need to do a timer, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so you just exactly. need to, you get to know yourself more and 
what that's you need basically exactly and it takes so long to get takes to know so yourself, bloody long it's the only thing but you do the only thing is even though it takes so long it's so achievable that's the one yeah. thing like whatever about something taking long and and i and you could say at the end of this Connor, oh god i don't know if we will even work it does work it's like yeah no more than we'll talk about health stuff another day it does work if you just keep at it yeah exactly it's fun figuring it out yeah <laughs> Happy get a days. lovely partner like my partner yeah, yeah. well we're blessed <laughs> well, we're very lucky that way yeah. that we have each other well you're lucky and i'm excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i think we'll edit that part out right i don't think so that's the most important part <laughs> anyway oh. what do you reckon roshan i'm pretty happy with that we'll I'm move on I'm ha- i really want to just move on and there in barrel the through all of these and hmm. we you never know someone might read this and certainly for ourselves we may listen back to this in 10 years and there could be one or two things we'll have a laugh of course but there could be one or two things that will remind us about something in here that we would be applicable to our 40 year old for well, exactly. 10 years will be 40 we for, won't be doing a like a reflection on how our thinking has evolved as well yes. we'll be doing another knowledge college podcast at that yes. stage yes all right, will we leave it there? Yes, yeah. Okay, Thanks. Roisin. Thanks for talking, Thanks Connor. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for your contribution of yeah, the Lazy Man's I'm Guide really, to Productivity. We're really uh, so happy to get started and we'll keep going. We'll keep going. All right, Roisin. Okay, Connor. Talk soon. Chat to you then. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs>